gentlemen we are tonight's entertainment i only have one question where is harvey dent welcome back everybody to the nerdiest podcast in the midwest we are your midwestern nerds i am your host brian stoffel and i'm kyle Olson. We are continuing the Bat Month this week. We are bringing you a ranking of all 14 Batman movies that includes the live action and theatrically released animated movies. But before we get into that, we, like I said, are the Midwestern Nerds. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. If you'd like to find us on social media, you can find us at Midwestern Nerds on Twitter and Instagram, the Midwestern Nerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can reach us at MidwesternNerds at gmail.com. And if you're looking for a different place to listen to us, since you would need to be listening to us somewhere to hear this, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you can find a podcast, you can find us as well. Like I said at the open of the show, we have a big episode for you all this week. We are ranking from worst to best all 14, that's right, 14, one four. Batman movies that are either live action or were released theatrically. Um, and that includes a couple of animated ones in there as well. Let's start off with the first released movie, Batman the Movie, the 1966 TV show Batman movie starring Adam West. This movie is a fun movie if you love the Batman 66 TV series. You get all of the rogues galleries. You get a lot of quippy one-liners in there as well. It's cheesy. It's campy. But it's a lot of fun as well. The first half of that movie is great. Second half is a little weak. But overall, a fun ride. Kyle, I know you said that that's one of your earliest Batman experiences. In one to two sentences, how would you describe that movie? You're talking 66 here? Yeah. It Again, I don't remember much of it. <laughs> but... It's it's one of those things that I obviously enjoyed as a kid. It's one of those that I very much attached to, and it must have left an impression on me, and it, it made Batman one of the most intriguing characters as a kid. I think it just really was something different than... It was probably that first step out of, like... I was watching a lot of kids' shows like Nickelodeon, Disney Channel, and then I was probably... That was probably my first experience out of it and, like, into the superhero world. So, uh yeah from what i can remember obviously i must have enjoyed it and before we go on to the next movie let me reintroduce our guest this week returning once again after our fun discussion about the batman last week joining us this week once again is elliot tater bartheld tater 
in one to two sentences, what do you think of the Batman 66 movie? It is great to be back, Brian. The 66 Batman, I remember it was on a DVD rack. I think one of those like $5 bins possibly from Walmart. Grabbed it. It's It was my first experience with like what Batman used to be. At that point, I had seen from the 89 to Batman and Robin. It It's a fun, campy movie. I mean, you're not going to get your great action sequences or anything like that, but it brought Batman to life. It was the first big feature film with him in it. And it was a, it's an enjoyable experience. I will not lie there. That is also how I saw that movie from the first time, picked it up at the $5 bin at Walmart. Just wanted to experience that nostalgia. That is Batman 66 series in a pretty good way, which would be the movie. Um, You basically get the gist of that whole series right then and there in a complete package. Jumping ahead. 20 some odd years to 1989 with Tim Burton's Batman movie starring Michael Keaton as Batman and uh, Jack Nicholson as the Joker. This movie, for a lot of people, this is their Batman. This is one of their all-time favorite movies, all-time favorite Batman movies, which I can understand if you were growing up around that era seeing something like that jump from the comics for the first time for me this is a fun movie but it hasn't aged as best as some of these other movies that we're going to be talking about on here to me this is a movie that has a lot of good sequences but as a movie overall isn't the strongest and isn't my favorite batman movie tater what are your thoughts on the 1989 batman movie So this is my first experience with Batman, other than watching the TV series as a kid. Um, I remember my dad showing my brothers and I these films, like the first four live action ones other than 66. I will always have a special place in my heart for it. I do love Michael Keaton as an actor, so I can't harp on him there. And then Jack Nicholson's Joker is, since the Heath Ledger one, a very underrated performance, music, is good in this movie with some Prince singles that are still absolute banners to this day. And I do love Tim Burton. It's a great Tim Burton film. Kyle, do you remember the 1989 Batman movie? A little bit more than 66. (laughs) Um, Especially, especially being able to rewatch Batman Returns, being able to rewatch a Keaton movie and kind of reliving his, I love his Bruce Wayne. There's just something about, I think it's just Keaton himself. And we'll get into Another one of like one that I didn't get to experience as a kid, but I then got to rewatch another Bruce Wayne that we're going to talk about in a sec. But like, I absolutely love Keaton. He's one of my favorite actors. So this was for the people listening. I didn't do all of my homework. A lot of things came up uh, over the last week. So I got there's three movies, two movies actually uh, on the list that I didn't get to this being one of them, even though I've seen it before. Again, Jack Nicholson, that one. As much as, as much as the movie that I don't remember, Jack Nicholson always left an impression on me. He was an awesome Joker. And like I said, Keaton is just one of my favorite actors in general. So him as Bruce Wayne and Batman, I mean, it was, again, one of those things as a kid that really pushed me into superhero fandom. Before we get into Tim Burton's second Batman movie, we have to jump to Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. This is the first movie that came out of the 90s Batman the Animated Series. This movie dropped around the same time that the series premiered on TV and had a theatrical run, which is 
how it makes this list. This movie is great. I love this movie. It was one of those things where I didn't appreciate as much as I should have as a child, but watching it with adult eyes, I feel like it is a very good Batman origin movie. We get a lot of depth into Bruce Wayne and his struggles with being Batman while also wanting to live a normal life. We get the gangster stuff that always seems to be a high strong point in Batman stories um, and a lot of these movies that we're going to be talking about. Uh, and we get the Joker as well, uh, Mark Hamill. So all good things that I can say about this movie. Kyle's shaking his head. Kyle, I know this was one of the ones that you got to revisit. What did you think? I'm so glad I watched this one because uh, I never I, I missed this one, apparently, but it was awesome to watch. I absolutely love the animation of Batman and just how he looks in it because it's just like that. That's Batman when I kind of picture him is that style of animation right there and how they drew him. It, it's just awesome. The story was super cool. Kind of gave me long Halloween fi- vibes where you don't really know who it is. It is kind of that mystery of who who this could potentially be. They give you a couple leads. It's not in depth as in depth. But obviously, Mark Hamill is Joker. He, as much as I love Heath Ledger, when I when I hear Joker in my head, it's always Mark Hamill. So this was, yeah, this was super cool to to go back and rewatch, or not to re, but to see for the first time. Especially like you said, with the adult eyes and with what with my knowledge of Batman, super cool. I was glad I got to revisit this. I remember this is one of those that picked up at Blockbuster when I was around eight or nine. I want to say at that point, I was watching the series on Cartoon Network. Loved it. Loved the movie. It was so great to go back to. It's nice because a lot of the animated movies we have, like based off TV shows for kids, they tend to be a cash grab. It's something like the Pokemon movies or Yu-Gi-Oh movies. This wasn't. It was his own thing. Very, very impressive with what they did back in 93 with this. It is kind of a shame it didn't do so high in the box office because I would have liked to see more animated films of batman come out especially since we've had recently the one that didn't come out on theaters um the killing joke there needs to be more batman animated come out to theaters and this is proof why after this we jump back into the world of tim burton with batman returns this movie saw the return of michael keaton as the batman hence the title uh we also get danny devito as the penguin and michelle pfeiffer as Catwoman. This is, in my opinion, overall a much better movie than Batman 89. Granted, I love what Jack Nicholson did as that Joker. He was definitely early's Joker pulled right from the cartoon, pulled right from the comics. But this movie overall was a more solid movie. We actually get a backstory and investment in the Penguin, in Catwoman the studio lets Tim Burton do more of what he wants to do. And with that, it gets a little kooky. It gets a little zany. It gets a little weird at times, but I love it. This was my first introduction to live action Batman. I watched this as a child at a friend's house. They had taped it on VHS. And I remember even as a child watching this movie being like, what the fuck am I watching? (laughs) Like, it was just, it was not a kid's movie at all. And I can understand why Tim Burton didn't get to round out a trilogy of movies, especially when this movie was supposed to be more aimed towards children. I distinctly remember my dad saying he did not like this movie at all. So I kind of went into it as a kid, just being like, oh, this is going to suck. I loved it. I mean, 
Tim Burton's Gotham City, that was very well done. It was very dark, creepy, grimy, whatever word you want to use. Michael Keaton again killed it. Like I've said, the last time I was on Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, fantastic. It made her into just a loved actress across the U.S. And also, like I said last time, without this Penguin, Frank Reynolds on Sunny in Philadelphia would not exist. I am fully confident on that. I do like this movie a lot. It's it's high up there on my list. The uh, kookiest, craziest Christmas movie you'll ever watch, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot it's a Christmas movie. Got to redo that list. Oof, that's for sure. I wouldn't say this one's high on my list. I had fun watching this one. It was weird because I don't think I... I might have seen this one as a kid. I don't. I didn't remember too much of it. I remember a lot of Michelle Pfeiffer, but not too much else. So maybe I only saw clips or something. But going back and re- this was one of them I got to rewatch. I again, I love Keaton. His Bruce Wayne. I I just really I just like the look and I like the style and the, the charisma that he brought to the role. <laughs> Danny DeVito's Penguin was disturbing at times. I think is the best way to put it. But again, entertaining. Like it was. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. So he did his job there. And again, like I said, Michelle Pfeiffer was awesome in the whole movie. Over the top Catwoman kind of comic book stuff that you want to get. Very weird watching after the Batman. But again, very fun. It's it's weird going back and watching these very old movies with little memory of them because you know movies have come a long way. <laughs> One of my favorite images from that movie is Danny DeVito when he's controlling the Batmobile and he's on like the quarter little kids ride outside of the grocery store outside of Walmart just riding that Batmobile. <laughs> awesome. So weird, but I love it. Continuing on to what I feel like is one of the most underrated Batman movies, that would be Batman Forever. This movie has Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face. We get Jim Carrey as the Riddler. We get Nicole Kidman as the love interest. Uh, I forget her first name, but her last name was like Chase something. Chris O'Donnell comes in as Dick Grayson. And we get a new Batman, Val Kilmer, as Bruce Wayne, Batman. This movie shows what is the inevitable future with Joel Schumacher in the hands of Batman. But at the same time, it does have that dark element and it does take itself pretty seriously. We get a decent backstory into Bruce Wayne and his trauma. We get a lot of different dark elements. We get him struggling with raising now Dick Grayson as Robin. Seeing how Dick Grayson's parents die was fun to see. And by fun to see from a comic book perspective, it was like, (laughs) oh, wow. Never thought I'd get to see this on the live screen. But now that we are, like, it's super dark. It's kind of, it's one of the most harrowing parts of that movie. Overall, a very underrated movie. Uh, if anything, watch it for Jim Carrey as his Riddler. As zany as he is, he steals the show, and he is a standout in this movie. Kyle, what do you remember about Batman Forever? Uh, little to none. If I, <laughs> I don't even know if I've seen this one, because I've seen Jim Carrey as Riddler, so maybe I've just seen clips, but I remember nothing of Val Kilmer like at all <laughs> so I, I, don't think I, I, I don't think I've seen this one, unfortunately, so I did leave this one off my list. 
but I'm excited to go see it because Chris O'Donnell, I, it, he's the same Robin. Yes. For the next one. Yeah. Things carry. Okay. That's what I figured because I did get to see um, Batman and Robin, which I'm excited to talk about in a second. So it actually does make me excited to go and actually watch that one because I quite enjoyed a lot of things out of that. So, so it's kind of a mixed feelings with me. I do love that the Riddler was just Jim Carrey. Like Jim Carrey was just playing himself. I do think Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face was very underrated. I even think that Chris O'Donnell as Robin, that was a good casting. I liked him in that role. There was definitely moments I loved, but what it signifies to me is like the beginning of like the end of Batman movies for a while where, and it almost in turn kind of like messed with superhero films after that. I have nothing against Joel Schumacher. He's got... He's directed two of my favorite episodes of House of Cards. Um, I actually really did like his fan of the opera, but I just, Tim Burton's Batman's mean a little bit more to me than his Batman's. That's, that's my opinion on it. Not a terrible movie by any means, but not, not high on my list. And uh, to follow up, one of the lows of the Batman fran- movie franchises, allow me to break the ice on what is Batman and Robin. Oh, God. George Clooney picks up the mantle as Batman. Chris O'Donnell returns as Robin. We get Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl. Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. An unknown, and I still don't know to this day, actor who played what was supposed to be Bane, I guess. (laughs) And to round out that cast, the great legend himself, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. I end with that because he's the highlight of that movie for me. He's the reason I watched that movie. I have a strong, ridiculous, guilty pleasure love for Arnold Schwarzenegger and all of his one-liners, his movies. This movie probably has the most one-liners he's dropped in a movie. All the ice puns. And he just eats up the entire scenery. Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy, as cartoonish as you can get, she kills it at the same time. She aced the assignment that she was given. Now, was it the correct assignment? That's up for debate. Bane, we don't even talk about. George Clooney was a good Bruce Wayne. I thought that he was a really decent Bruce Wayne, but this movie is a train wreck. It was solely made to sell toys. There is a clip of the director, Joel Schumacher, talking about how the only reason they made this movie was to sell toys, was to make Batman and Robin toys and to sell toys. And you can clearly see that this was the case. Kyle, out of... Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Had you asked me, I would have told you to watch Batman Forever. But since you watched Batman and Robin instead, what are your thoughts? I picked this movie because of Arnold. <laughs> I, I, I was scrolling Very through. I, I, I went on Hulu. I searched Batman. I was looking through all of them on there. I was like, Arnold's in this one. We're going to watch this one. Um, I, I enjoyed this one. I know. I, 
I can see. I can listen. Bane was terrible. We don't talk about Bane. Okay. <laughs> we'll make a before there was. Lin- we don't talk about Bruno. It was exactly. we don't talk about Bane. <laughs> we'll get Lin Manuel on the phone and we'll write a new version of this. But that we do not talk about Bane. I really enjoyed Arnold. I thought he he was Arnold as a supervillain, and it was really fun. I really enjoyed Uma Thurman. I remember a lot of. I I must have seen this movie as a kid too because I actually remember a lot of Uma Thurman as as Poison Ivy um i actually again enjoyed it love george clooney i completely get why he was so popular like george clooney was awesome if we're talking that these that this movie was made for toys did the toys also have nipples because that threw me off it was weird i didn't that 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 was very weird especially i mean the, the you have him putting on the suit at the beginning of the movie and they show his ass and i completely i completely <laughs> think that is only so that they can do the same exact thing when they when they do bat <laughs> Batwoman or Batgirl at the end of the movie. Yeah, you that, would say that, but that's also how Batman Forever opens up with with the same the same sequence of suiting up. You oh, get an that. ass shot of Val Kilmer as well. Okay, and yes, the toys did have bat nipples. Oh, okay, okay. all right. Well, <laughs> listen, I'm here for it because I again, I really enjoyed it. I really liked Chris O'Donnell as Robin too. I thought that was a lot of fun. That yeah, I don't know. I I had a lot of fun watching this movie. Maybe it was the over the top ridiculousness of the of the villains and the weird storytelling. There's the yeah, the love interest and the. And, everything with uh alfred i yeah i i like i said i really fun time and i was a little disappointed to hear you hear your little synopsis of that you had the luxury of viewing this with eyes that knew to take in the cheesiness the camp you you knew the tone of the movie before going in but if you go from batman 89 batman returns and even batman forever into that movie and you know nothing about it and you go into that movie it's it don't it don't age well it, it gonna, doesn't you know what we're gonna come back to that point later <laughs> i'm just looking at my rankings here we're gonna come back to that <laughs> and with the lows we begin our slow climb back up with a breath of fresh air which is batman begins christopher nolan's first batman movie with christian bale We have Killian Murphy playing Scarecrow, Katie Holmes as Rachel Dawes, Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox, and we get Michael Caine as Alfred. This movie, again, like I said, was a breath of fresh air. This was a movie that I didn't appreciate when I first saw it. I think I was a little too young. And I thought it was kind of boring and then revisited it once The Dark Knight came out, loved it and appreciated it. I rewatched it right before the new movie, The Batman, came out and it hasn't aged as well for me. There were a bit of some pacing issues in it. And even my girlfriend, who only watches The Dark Knight as like her Batman movie, she was sitting in the room at the time and she's like, what is up with the pacing of this movie there's they try to cram a lot into the origin story the beginning of it there are things that you know should have spent more time on things that should have spent less but all that being said this defines christian bale as one of the best batman that we've had in live action and sets up a phenomenal batman trilogy by chris nolan a lot of people don't know this, but before this movie came out, Nolan was almost known as like an indie director. Insomnia, Memento, 
believe he had another one like early late 90s i mean following this brought him into the mainstream where he's highly regarded and in my opinion the best wreck we've had in the past two decades i love this movie i remember watching this first time it was on dvd my mom's minivan we were going to some swim meets it's just really well done christian bale is my favorite actor kills it in his role michael kane as alfred probably the best alfred the directing was fantastic the acting was amazing it does have those pacing issues but in my opinion this is the beginning of where we saw superhero movies come back to being great films this was in my opinion the first superhero movie where you don't have to be a superhero fan and you enjoy this movie just because it is a great movie that's uh that's what i can go off of with that I guess. all right kyle I want your honest opinions on this. Swear to me that you'll give me them. I love this movie. Um, it, I, I had heard about these movies forever. I don't know what took me so long to actually watch them, but I watched them back in 2020 when everyone was locked in their rooms. Uh, so I finally got to sit down over a weekend, like two days, I think, and I watched all three of these movies. Uh, I will agree. The pacing was interesting. It definitely, like I knew that I wanted to watch The Dark Knight. And I knew that I needed to see this first. So I kind of sat through this and kind of powered my way through it, but I ended up really enjoying it. Um, and it, again, I knew what I was about to get into with the dark Knight. So I very much looked for the positives and looked, looked for what I was about to see more than anything. But I, yeah, like Tater said, like I, it ended up being really good. Nolan just, it makes you, makes you realize why this trilogy was so good right away like you can you can already see what's what's about to come so yeah really really enjoyed this one i almost forgot liam neeson as Rosalind yeah. oh movie. how did we forget that um, we? i was trying to think of who the bad guy was the big twist of the movie if you haven't seen batman begins at this point you had no intention to and spoilers don't matter to you but yes, it's a spoiler Liam free spoiler. <laughs> Liam Neeson is the main villain of the movie. Uh, absolutely kills it. Um, brings in his inner Qui-Gon into a villain role and couldn't have been any better. Um, Second best role after Ted too, in my opinion, Liam Neeson. <laughs> Ooh. I've never seen Taken, so I'll agree with that. <laughs> Ted. The teddy Ted bear. Too. Have right? you seen that? Ted too. Yeah, I know. I'm saying I haven't seen Taken, so I I won't put those in there. I'm saying oh. Ted too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, those are the only other movies that I could name that Ted, that he's been every, in. Every so. time that I that I feel a little pride for you, then I, listen. You just... <laughs> there was a large portion of my life where I didn't wasn't watching movies. I was basically watching Harry Potter on repeat. So the only thing that I'll say and then bring us back from this tangent. Uh, one of the best parts about Taken is that Liam Neeson's character's name is Brian, spelt with a Y. Fair. <laughs> and then we get the highest of highs, one of, if not the best Batman movie ever made, one of, if not the best movies ever made, The Dark Knight. Christian Bale's back. The whole team's back. We got Heath Ledger as the iconic joker what more can be said that hasn't been said about this movie already i will get more into my thoughts on this movie uh once we get into the rankings but this movie is extremely high on my list 
Uh, yes, same. It, very high on my list. We'll get to that later. But yeah, Heath Ledger, amazing. Just one of my favorite portrayals of a villain in a movie. At like at so so memorable, so good. Especially it, it, impressive that I heard so much hype and saw so much hype for this, and then I saw it years later, and it still somehow exceeded the hype. Just incredible. Um, Two Face, awesome. Batman, just everything incredible. I would say it's not only one of the best Batman movie ever, it's one of the greatest movies overall, ever. Uh, Acting fantastic. Heath Ledger, the best acting role I've ever seen. How this film wasn't allowed to be nominated for an Oscar is just beyond me. This movie is as close to perfect as you could get, in my opinion. Following up with not as good, but still pretty good, The Dark Knight Rises which brings in the villain of Bane. We get our second live-action Catwoman with Anne Hathaway. This movie, I loved this movie when it first came out, and I was definitely still riding the Dark Knight high train. And then I remember I was working at summer camp when this movie came out, and I went to the movie by myself, and I came back, and I was like, movie was so good it was so good y'all gotta come see it and the next weekend like all the counselors came with me and we saw it again and they were like you overhyped this movie man they're so (laughs) and like they pointed out all the flaws to me and just like slowly crushed my soul a little bit and then (laughs) like re-watching it when it finally came out on blu-ray i was like "Mm, i see the flaws do i just tearing down posters like you (laughs) (laughs) do i still love it Yes. Do we still get some amazing performances like Tom Hardy's Bane? Absolutely. Do we still get some insane set pieces and phenomenal scores from uh, Hans Zimmer? Absolutely. Is it as good as The Dark Knight, though? No. Uh, I would say, you know, it had a lot to live up to. The Dark Knight was just, is like the staple stone of superhero films, in my opinion. I mean, there's definitely plot holes but overall, I mean, it's a fantastic ending to a great trilogy. Uh, Tom Hardy killed it. Anne Hathaway, great Catwoman. I think if you are looking for a finale, this is a perfect finale for a trilogy. It wasn't the greatest Batman movie ever, but it's pretty damn good. In this movie, we do talk about Bane. Bane was awesome. I love this. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's not... Obviously, it's not, I don't think it would ever live up to the hype. It, it did have some work to do to live up to that hype to carry on that momentum. I think it did a good job of carrying the momentum, but obviously it was never going to be its predecessor. But again, just like you said, just a great end to a trilogy, great movie. Yeah, good. I, I also high on my list. This sees the end of Christian Bale's Batman, and we get Ben Affleck downing the cape and cowl in batman v superman we were at a pretty high level with the dark knight trilogy with christopher nolan here's where we start to see a slight decline this movie i find more enjoyable than most but i do see that it is a very flawed movie if i was to recommend this movie i'd recommend the ultimate cut of it um that extra 30 minutes does improve the storyline slightly but there are still some decisions that were made in this movie that i find baffling overall i think ben affleck does a pretty great job as batman he plays a phenomenal bruce wayne 
and exceeds with the material that he was given for this movie. Kyle, I know you don't sit too high on these movies. Um, what do you remember about this one? Listen, unless that ultimate cut is the Shawshank Redemption in 30 minutes, I don't think it's going <laughs> to help this movie. Um, I, I was so excited for this. I was so excited going into this one. Like Batman versus Superman is such a cool concept. Like one that I think a lot of people wanted to see done on the big screen, especially with the uh, popularity, I would say, I guess, of Henry Cavill's Superman. I, even though I hadn't seen much of him going into it, man, I did not like this at all. I didn't like his suit. It was way too much. I To me, it was trying to be Iron Man. It was old man Bruce kind of and I didn't I again I wasn't a fan of that either I I love Ben Affleck and I think you're right I think he does well with what he's given but I man I did not like this movie the whole Martha thing and I just ah man I (laughs) really did not like this movie it left me so disappointed and I'm I'm one to like like with a bad movie I'll usually come out of it like Oh, you know, I enjoyed that. I had fun. This one, even it's like, oh, I came out immediately, just like, what was that? I was expecting a decent amount. Zack Snyder did well with Watchmen, which is a good super movie. And I thought, honestly, I think Man of Steel is the best Superman movie overall. The first 10 minutes were fantastic to this movie, showing how Superman isn't exactly perfect. I think the one thing I give Marvel movies crap about is like, all this stuff happens. They're like, oh yeah, 50 people died. No, it would be more than that. This movie shows that. But then it just takes this weird turn where Batman like loves killing people, like really loves it. <laughs> like that scene where he's like, do you bleed? I'm like, what, what is this? <laughs> After he just cannoned up like 50 people in his Batmobile with the giant yeah. turrets. <laughs> I mean... The acting was, a, I think Ben Affleck's a decent Batman. I love Henry Cavill as Superman, but I was, yeah. <laughs> it was, after going from the Dark Knight trilogy to this, this was a massive downgrade. Massive, in my opinion. Thankfully, after this, though, we did get a little glimmer of light into what I feel like is the most forgotten Batman movie and one of the most underrated Batman movies of all time. That being... The Lego Batman movie. Yes, this is an animated movie. Yes, it did have a theatrical release. And yes, it was a spinoff of the Lego movie. So it very well deserves its place on this list. The deep cuts, the deep pulls, how self-aware this movie is about the Batman franchise as a whole, comics, TV shows, animated series live action movies and how it takes what could be uh over exaggerated cartoonized version of what batman and bruce wayne can be and sends that into an arc of growth into dealing with his trauma and accepting not just teammates but a family as a whole this i love this movie i rewatched it this weekend it's the one and only time I'll ever see Batman punch a Dalek. The casting <laughs> is amazing. Will Arnett plays a phenomenal Batman. Not as convincing Bruce Wayne because of his voice. They sound the exact same, which can feed into this version of Batman, I guess. And Zach Galifianakis is the Joker, which going into that movie, I was like, what? Going out <laughs> of that movie, I was like, 
makes complete sense. Kyle, I know you, you, you gushed about this movie over the weekend. You couldn't wait until the podcast to tell me your thoughts, but tell our listeners how much you loved this movie. I'm so happy you made me watch this one. <laughs> I'm, oh, it was so good. It's very high on my list. We're, we're going to get to it. But like, oh, I had so much fun. And I watched it with uh, with my buddy Zach too. So like that, I think that definitely heightened it, like being able to talk about it and laugh at it uh, because it's it's hilarious. It is, genuinely, there is a scene in this movie that made me laugh harder than I have laughed in a very long time when he is looking at the picture of his parents and then Alfred sneaks up on him and he drop kicks him into a piano. It is the hardest I've laughed in so long. I, just amazing uh, the casting like you said is incredible some of the voices it like almost every five minutes of the movie you're like i know that voice you look it up and oh that's it okay cool like it just an amazing movie so underrated like so i i have heard little to nothing about this movie and then i heard a couple like brian was talking it up so i was like okay this is definitely one of them that i need to watch i just had so much fun watching this it's so good I love this movie. I was just thinking about this when you said your favorite scene. My favorite scene in that movie is where it's, Alfred's like, oh, during that stage in 08, 09 or whatever. And then he's like, I died during that part. It's star-studded. Like, everybody's a big name. It's funny. It's got actual, like, if you have a little kid and you want them to get into Batman, this is a great starter film from mm-hmm. them that they will enjoy and you will enjoy. I, I love this movie. And I was a massive fan of the Lego movie, the first one. So I went into this with high expectations and it beat it. I I love it. I love it. <laughs> so we had one little blip of hope, one little blip of light. And now we're going to flatline for a while. The first theatrical cut release of the Justice League deemed the Justice League because it was redirected by Joss Whedon when... Uh, Zack Snyder had to step down um, after a tragedy in his life which uh, say what you will about the man but I completely understand why he left that movie when he did and the reasons he did but this this movie should never happen it's it's a garbage a burning garbage heap of a Frankenstein of a movie I don't find this movie enjoyable at all I watched it once in the theater which i regret paying a uh the 10 the 12 dollar price to sit and watch it on the giant screen yeah i i don't like this movie at all and i have no intentions to ever revisit it at this point it's it's irrelevant at this point when we talk about the next movie on the list i've been going to kyle a lot tater what are your thoughts on the justice league i saw it twice in theaters the first time i went with my buddy kyle and we hated it, but my buddy Nick was out of town, and he also wanted to see it, so I had to go to the net movie the next day, and I had to pay, I paid for his ticket because I owed him money, so I spent $45 on this stupid movie. I, I refused to watch anything with Urza Miller almost after this movie. Like It's just so bad. It's, there's nothing enjoyable about it. There's no good acting performances. It tried to be like a Marvel movie, but that's not what I came here for. It wasn't funny. It was bad. It's it's literally the anti-Lego Batman. It's literally the anti-version of that. Say what you will about Tater, but he just showed his true loyalty to his friends 
by admitting the fact that he paid $45 to see the Justice League twice in the movie theaters. If you'll say anything about this guy, at least say and know that he is a true and loyal friend to put himself through that for the sake of his friends. I've never seen my friends more sad for me than in that moment when I told them. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle, were you smart and did you avoid this movie? No, actually, I saw this. Um, I went and saw it in theaters <laughs> because, okay, I'm, I'm a big Justice League guy. I really like Flash, especially after watching the CW series for so long. I'm really a fan of Gal Gadot and her Wonder Woman. Aquaman, I still haven't actually seen. Uh, but I, Jason Momoa, I think, does a really good portrayal. Okay. This movie is not, I, this is not my least favorite. This is not last on my list, I, surprisingly. I, and it's probably because of the other supporting cat like you said like i again i like flash i like some of the little things that they did i recognize completely that this movie is garbage and i probably will never watch it again however i would rather watch it because of the supporting cast and because of the other people not as a batman movie but as just a movie in general there are other movies that i would rather not watch compared to this next up the snyder cut this came out during the pandemic was a movie that a lot of people called for. It's a movie that I appreciate that Zack Snyder got the chance to see his full vision come to fruition. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the fans who clamored for this movie for almost five years and finally got it. This movie, while it wasn't bad, I didn't think it was the greatest. It was definitely way too long uh could have been easily two hours half the runtime i'll give it two and a half graciously three but no more than that it's a movie that i have similar feelings when i compare how i describe how i feel about it to batman 89 where it had good moments it's one of those movies where because of its runtime i'll never go back and rewatch. it's one of those movies that if I'm in the mood, I might pull up a scene or two or three on YouTube. The Old Gods and when Darkseid first came in, that flashback scene was great. Um, the Nightmare scene was absolutely fantastic. That Nightmare scene and the Nightmare scene in Batman v Superman, I want that movie. And the fact that, that we never got that movie and we're probably never going to get that movie makes me like these movies even less. But yeah, overall, it was fine. I'm glad I watched it, but I'll probably never rewatch it. I've said my things about Zack Schneider before. I find it to be very overrated. Um, I've never been like a big, his fans have always confused me why they're so into him. But after hearing about the things that uh, Josh Whedon put the cast through in Justice League, and it seems like Zack Snyder's a great guy. I do respect him. And one thing I always do like is you could take a shot and it looks like a comic book frame. I, I really did like appreciate this film. It was long. It wasn't perfect, but he got his vision through. And I really wish like a short and condensed version of this got out of the theaters instead of the Josh Whedon version, because there might be hope for like the Justice League DC series. That could be something like the Marvel. I, yeah, it's it's not bad. It's not like my favorite Batman by any means, but if I had the time, I'd possibly sit down, but I just don't have four hours my day. 
And neither do I, and that's why I haven't seen it. <laughs> All right, honest. <laughs> On HBO Max, it is broken up into chapters, and if you would watch it as if it was like a TV series instead of a movie, I think it might be a little more enjoyable. That's probably take those appropriate breaks. I, however, sat through and trudged through all four hours in one sitting. I um, am surprised that I still have a girlfriend that I live with because (laughs) she also joined me on that journey. And I don't know why she stuck around with me after that, (laughs) especially since she doesn't really like the Batman movies at all let alone justice league but yeah overall like i said i appreciate it for what it is but it's definitely not one of my favorites and last but certainly not least is a movie that we spent an entire episode talking about the batman so if you want to hear our full thoughts on that movie um if you didn't listen to last week's episode why not you should be ashamed go back and watch it and then come back to this episode and we'll continue our discussion let's rank these movies uh i know each of us on our own sat down and kind of made our own list of where we feel like these movies should fall in line i want us to collectively as a team figure out where these movies lie for a full solid midwesterners ranking we're going to start from the worst to the best Tater, what did you have at number 14 on your list? So I put Batman and Robin, and I almost didn't do this because I've always kind of looked at this as superhero films version of The Room, where it's so bad that it's great. (laughs) It's everything from the Arnold Schwarzenegger one-liners to the scene where he flips out the Batman credit card and the expiration date says forever. It's, it's just so bad that it's good. Like I would, it's a rainy day right out now. If this was just a random weekend night and it was raining out, I would sit down and watch this. It's, it's not good. It's a terrible movie, but I feel like the appropriate place is last because it's so bad that it's great. This does not sit last on my list. Kyle, what's last on your list so i'll actually join you guys after two picks because i have a top 12 i don't have a top 14 because of the two movies that i haven't seen all right i actually had the justice league at number 14 batman and robin is bad but i will go back and rewatch that movie it's it definitely is a guilty pleasure of like it's so bad it's good I'll watch it for Arnold alone. So it definitely does. It sits low on my list. It does not sit at number 14 on my list. That's where I have the Justice League. Tater, what did you have at number 13? Number 13 is where I put the Justice League, uh, the Josh Whedon cut. So I'd be willing to switch that 14 with the 13 with you. So let's let's do Justice League at 14. Kyle, are you? doing that uh, yep, this. this okay so we have justice league at 14 13 i actually put the snyder cut um, really and i mostly put that there because while making this list i also took into mind rewatchability and how often i'll go back and rewatch a movie will all will often coincide with how much i like the movie 
Snyder Cut, I'm never going to revisit. I'm never going to go back. Like I said, I'll watch scenes of that movie, but I won't watch that movie from start to finish ever again, which is why I put that at 13. All the other Batman movies that are on this list, I will sit down and watch from start to finish, but that's one that I know I won't ever do, so that's why I put it at 13. Kyle, what did you have at number 12? Batman versus Superman. I despise this movie. <laughs> and it probably literally, I, I kind of went off of like rewatchability, which ones, I, if I literally had all these in front of me, this is the last one I would choose, genuinely. Tater, number 12 for you? That's what I put down to Batman versus Superman. It had so much potential. They could have done something right, and they messed up worse than I could ever imagine. All right, so two to one here for Batman v Superman at number 12. Kyle, why don't you slot that in at number 12, then we'll still figure out our 13. Yep. Number 12 for me, I had Batman 66. Again, not a not a terrible movie, but not a movie I go back to often. Usually when I go for Batman, I like my more serious, darker takes. And if I want a lighthearted Batman, I'll definitely go to the Lego Batman or Batman and Robin or some of these other ones before I'll go to Batman 66. That's why I put it at number 12. Would the collective team be okay if we put that in the open number 13 slot? Yeah, I had that pretty low on mine. I mean, it's not a terrible film by any means, but... What was it again? It's, Sorry. Uh, Batman 66. Yeah, I had that pretty low. I actually, that was my 11, so I'd be willing to, yeah. yeah. I had it at 11 or 10 or something like that. It's, it's just not Batman. It's not my Batman. <laughs> All right. So that sits at the number 13 spot. So we have Justice League at 14. We have Batman 66 at 13, Batman v Superman at 12. 11, I had Batman and Robin on I think my that's list. Fair. I think that's very fair. Kyle's shaking his head. Kyle, show your hand a little bit. Where did you have Batman and Robin on your list? Number seven. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Number seven. I'm, listen, again, we'll get to the ones underneath it, but... I I, re, I would love to sit down and watch this movie again. It's fun. <laughs> like, I again, I understand that it's bad, but like, it's so much fun to sit down and watch. But I'm, you, I, I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to let you guys, yeah, I'm willing to defer on most of these rankings because I, I have a feeling a couple <laughs> of my rankings are going to be way off of your guys, but I'm willing to concede to you guys. All right. So, Batman and Robin at number 11. Tater, what did you have for number 10? That's where I had the Snyder cut. I kind of went with your thing. I thought it was enjoyable, but I'm never going to go back to it. It's just, I don't have the time. And it's not a, it's a four hour movie. It, you could easily cut that down to a good three hour movie at least. Kyle, what did you have at number 10? Batman 89. Oh, yeah. Low, low. Uh, Probably because that was one of them that I haven't seen in a while. So maybe if I re went back and rewatched it, I would put it up higher. But from what I remember, it wasn't, I, you know, wasn't like groundbreaking or anything like that. Do we have the Snyder Cut on the list yet? We do not. Let's and, put, yeah. Let's put that at number 10 because my number 10 I had Batman v Superman. 
So I think, I think our 10 through 14 is pretty solid. Now we get into some murky waters here because I don't know about you guys, but the middle of my list was hard to rank harder than the bottom and harder than the top. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Number nine for me, it's going to be a little bit of a shock, but I wasn't too far off from Kyle. I have Batman 89 at number nine on my list. Again, I, I love this movie. I find it very enjoyable. But again, I feel like there are good sequences and shots, but overall the storyline is kind of weak. It's very much, it very much felt like we have these big actors. We need to do this big Batman movie. We have this giant budget. We have these big set pieces. What are we going to do in between? And in between was, eh. Like, when I think about this movie, I think about the big moments, like the Prince song in the the museum when Joker first meets Vicky Vale. Uh, the first time we see Batman on screen in the Batmobile. All of the Joker when he steals the scene, but even, like, his stuff is... There's a lot of space in between for me in this movie where I'm like, mm, like, can we get to the fun stuff again? So that's why this hit number nine for me. Tater, what's number nine on your list? This might be a little controversial. I have Batman Forever. I, uh, you know, it's a fun movie, but I kind of went with my list. It's like what feels like an actual Batman movie. It just doesn't. I don't have that sense of nostalgia a lot of people have towards this movie. It's not, I mean, I love Jim Carrey's role, but it's just not where I see. It's not a great movie. And when I get to like, you know, it's number seven and above, it starts getting great. So I can't put it anywhere higher than this. Kyle, number nine on your list. Justice League. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Again, it, it most likely it's for the side characters <laughs> it's not for batman himself but i again i'm a especially for flash i know uh, Ezra Miller wasn't great but i i still enjoyed flash in, in general what did what did you have for number eight me batman returns batman i also returns. i don't have batman forever that's one of that's the other one that i don't have so okay uh tater what did you have at number eight batman returns <laughs> we, me and you both had 89 at nine so I only have 89 one spot ahead. So, I mean, I'd be willing to put that there. Okay, so 89 at number nine and Batman Returns at number eight. Is that what we're collectively agreeing? And by me. Yeah, it sounds good to me. Wait, I had oh, Batman yeah, Returns? I, yeah, I have Batman Returns a lot higher on my list, but I can... I, can I don't know there. where you <laughs> had forever, Brian, but we could put... Where, where I, had, seven. I had forever at number eight. So oh, okay. If we, we wanted could, to throw throw that, we at could seven. definitely we could throw that. Batman at Forever at number eight, and then returns at number seven. I could do that. I would feel better about that. <laughs> All right. All right. Negotiations. All right. Number six is what we're at, right? Yeah my my number seven was Batman and Robin. So yeah, we already yeah. All right, Kyle. Number six for you. My number six is Batman Begins. Low on my list again. I, I, the pacing. Uh, not low in the, I guess it's in the middle, uh, but the pacing was weird and it's, it's establishing and Liam Neeson isn't like, he's not the most memorable, obviously we basically all forgot to bring him up. So uh, that's why, again, I would much rather, there's two other movies in this trilogy that I would much rather watch. 
Tanner, number six for you? So I put it just by how I don't feel with with a Batman movie, but Lego Batman, again, top six, all great. All great movies. Couldn't recommend them anymore. But when I think Batman movie, it's Lego Batman's not in my top four or five. It's just below it. It's a spoof movie, in my opinion. Would you be super upset if we put Batman Begins at number six? Because it was number six on my list as well. It was just number four on mine, so I'm perfectly fine with that. All right. Batman Begins hits the number six spot. Number Number five. five. I had Dark Knight Rises. Ooh. Kyle? I had uh, Mask of Phantasm, actually. For my number five, I had Returns. So since we've already got that on the list. I had Rises at four, so I'd be willing to. I had Rises at seven. For me so if this five if, maybe feels like a good spot then yeah 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 okay number four for me since i've been making you guys go first this whole time <laughs> uh number four for me i had mask of the phantasm yes i did have this before begins i feel like this is a stronger origin story for batman than begins was and i i just love this movie i think it's very solid all the way through there's not a whole lot that i can nitpick about it uh, that's why it hit so high on my list at number four. Uh, I, I had Dark Knight Rises, like I said. I'd, I'd love to rewatch it. It's really good. But there's three other movies that I would rather watch. <laughs> I had uh, Batman Begins at number four. So, Phasm at four. Phantasm at four, sorry. Yeah, that sounds good. I had Phantasm at three. So, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Which I, I actually feel like, Brian, we might have the same top three. I'm interested. I'm interested to hear the order, but I think we have the same. We do have the same top three because there's three that me and you haven't mentioned yet. So, uh, seniority rules. What's your number three? Lego Batman. It's amazing. I love it. It had to go in my top three. I didn't have the heart to put it above the other two, uh, but yes, Lego Batman easily number three on this list for me. Lego Batman is number three for me as well. When this movie came out, and even short like. From theatrical release through home release, I would say, I would go out and I would say that this is one of my favorite Batman movies. And people would look at me and be like, what? (laughs) And I'd be like, clearly you haven't seen this movie Mm -hmm. because you don't agree with me. (laughs) I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. Like I said, it's just what I see as a Batman movie, but I love it. It's a great argument. I think our lists are all going to line up at this point out. Yeah. Number two for me would be the new one, The Batman. Yep. Um, recency bias? No, absolutely not. This nope. is this is what the Snyder Cut failed to do with being a long movie, but a long movie that I will revisit multiple times. There's a lot to this movie. It has a lot to offer. And one of the things that this movie has that none of the others have on this list is a future and i'm very excited to see the future of this franchise but overall as a one and done batman movie this works too so number two for me and of course this wasn't a surprise for anyone this is like no (laughs) the dark knight i was Um, curious to know if anyone would have that 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 recency bias and because i've heard i've heard the debate out there the batman versus dark knight i've heard it 
and I get it, but Dark Knight is just the, the oh. Dark Knight is is my all time favorite movie. I think that it's the perfect Batman movie. I think it's the perfect superhero movie. I think it's the perfect comic book movie. This is a movie that I was completely obsessed with at the time when it came out. It was a movie that completely floored me. And one of the rare times that I remember sitting in a theater just not believing what I was seeing unravel in front of my eyes. Um, Everything from the score to the acting to the cinematography. It's just it's the first superhero movie where it didn't have to be a superhero movie and you would say this is amazing it's it's a top 10 movie for me debatably top five it's it's just the staple stone where every superhero movie every comic book movie is going to be like is it as good as the dark knights and i don't think it's going to be so hard to ever reach that level couldn't agree more because said it all (laughs) That'll do it, folks. That is our ranking of all 14 Batman movies. I have the final ranking if you'd like me to go through it. Yes, Kyle, I would like you to go for the final ranking. Where did we fall on our list? How did we rank these movies? So I'll go 14 to 1, Justice League at 14, Batman 66 at 13, Batman v Superman at 12, Batman and Robin at number 11. The Snyder Cut fell to number 10. Batman 89 at 9. Nice. Uh, Batman Forever at 8. Batman Returns at 7. Batman Begins at 6. The Dark Knight Rises at 5. Mask of Phantasm at 4. Lego Batman at 3. The Batman at 2. And of course, Dark Knight at number 1. There you have it, folks. That is the official Midwesterners ranking of the Batman movies. Granted, this is all based off of our opinions. So if you have different opinions than us, don't hate us. But we strongly encourage some healthy, friendly debates via social media, email. Let us know your rankings, your thoughts. We would love to hear them. We would love to read them out on a future episode. But we need you all to reach out and tell us your thoughts in order to do that. Before we wrap up this show, we need to get into our last segment of the evening. One of the best segments of the show, the best stuff. Let's kick it on over to our special guest, Tater. What is your best stuff of the week? Mine is around music. Rex Orange County has kind of gained to prominence. Their big feature in Tyler Creator's 2017 album flower boy they had a hit song loving is easy which is up to 300 million hits was in the most recent season of ted lasso and he just came out with a new album called who cares it is an alternative indie i guess you would call that type of music i loved it he has a feature from ty the creator the guy who got him to his prominence he is only 23 this artist and he is making waves if I could recommend anything, check out this album. You will not be disappointed. Give yeah, us the library. I was going to say, give us the album title and the artist one more time, just so our listeners know who to reach. Sure. The album is Who Cares by Rex Orange County. It is on Spotify, iTunes, any website with music. The album cover is him sitting with a bunch of Dalmatians, and I love it. Yes. <laughs> it's a good I part will... of the album. Also check that out because I'm starting to run out of things to listen to at work. 
<laughs> wish I had that problem. I have a backlog of about 50 podcasts that I'm waiting to listen to. <laughs> Kyle, what's your best stop of the week? All right, Brian, don't be mad at me. But last week on Wednesday, a certain something dropped on digital. And I may or may not have, instead of been doing one of my homework assignments, <laughs> may or may not have rewatched Spider-Man No Way Home. Obviously, everyone who's listening to this has probably already seen it, but it's now out on digital again. If you're waiting for the physical copies, I get it. Brian, Chad, I understand it. But if you haven't seen this movie, go watch it. If you have seen this movie, go watch it. It's even better, again, rewatching it. I think this was my fourth time seeing it already. It's just phenomenal. And you can see every little detail now. You can hear every detail because there's not children up in the third row just screaming at you. <laughs> you get to, you can enjoy your whatever food you want to and you're in the comfort of your own home rewatching this movie. It's so, and the bloopers are just phenomenal. I, yeah, everything about the, the release of this movie uh, has brought me a lot of joy. Uh, so definitely go and watch that. Did you watch any other of the special features? Anything that you no, can? No, I only went to the bloopers. I'm going to revisit that uh, probably this week. If you haven't been convinced already with the month worth of content we gave you guys on <laughs> No Way Home, I don't know what will get you to watch this movie. <laughs> um, but I appreciate, Kyle, you bringing some content to the table with the best stuff. My best stuff of the week is a brand new comic series. Came out two weeks ago, the first issue of it. And that would be the new run of The Punisher, which sees the return of Jason Aaron to the series. He did a lot of the Punisher Max series, which is like the mature, like R-rated type comics based around The Punisher. He comes back with artists Jesus Saez and Paul Azacita. I apologize if I pronounce those words wrong. This series sees Frank Castle being recruited by The Hand, which if you've seen Daredevil, it's the ninja assassins that show up in that series. So it's Frank Castle being recruited by a clan of ninjas to do what he does best, kill people. This sees him kind of start to shy away from the guns and go more into learning how to be more of a warrior more of a killer more of an assassin he's the best in the world they clearly show this multiple times in this first oversized issue um, when he's taking out this group of uh, mercenaries that are using high-tech weapons and you get to see frank castle not only lead these ninjas to take them out, but then also get his hands dirty as well. They go back and show how he's recruited and you get to see Frank Castle versus ninjas. And then I won't get into it, but the cliffhanger at the end of this series is something that I never would have seen coming. And it's something that I didn't ask for, but now that it's here, I want to know more and I'm super excited to see it. The art is absolutely phenomenal it is so well drawn the colors are almost like a watercolor look to them but the art is super clean and super smooth it's phenomenal fantastic i can't recommend this enough this jumped into one of my most anticipated monthly series to read uh the punisher by jason aaron and art by jesus Saez, Paul. As a Sita. 
issue one came out two weeks ago. I highly recommend you all check it out. While you're going to your comic book stores to get this new series of The Punisher, you can also pick up Moon Knight, the complete collection by Lemire, Smallwood, and Belair, because this book, this series is going to be the next installment of our Midwestern Nerds Read series. I have the book right here in my hands. You can pick it up on Amazon. It has the entire series in it, all 14 issues. We are going to go through all 14 issues, kind of like we did with Batman The Long Halloween. Yes, I realize that the Moon Knight series comes out next week, and we won't have these episodes out before that. Um, But we wanted to give you guys all enough time to go out, grab the book, read through it, and enjoy it. I haven't started reading it yet because I kind of want to jump into at least the first episode with fresh eyes. Um, My knowledge on Moon Knight is very limited. I've seen him in a couple team-up books and I've read a couple of short runs with him, but not enough to really know a whole lot about the character. So I'm excited to jump into the series with some fresh eyes and then jump into one of the series that the show is going to be based off of another reason why we are waiting to start this because we would like to have a guest join us on this set of episodes um so if you have any interest at all in reading this series and want to join us on our show to talk through it with us we are open for any takers If you would like to, please reach out to us via social media, via email. If you have our numbers, text us, call us, let us know. We would love to have an additional person on the show to talk through this series with us. Before I read out where you can find us to reach out to us about this Moon Knight series, I just want to tease two more things with the Moon Knight series coming on out. Kyle and I have been discussing what we want to do with not only this show, but all of the TV that's coming out within the next few months. You can tell that people were very busy during the pandemic because there's a lot of content that has been made that's coming out that we want to talk about, that we want to be relevant in our conversations with. So we are going to be starting a Midwesterners TV talk segment series. This is something that we're going to do every week. We're going to start with Moon Knight. When the show comes out, we're going to talk about the episodes, the weeks they come out, and we're going to drop them either with the current episode of that week or as a additional special bonus half episode during the weekend. And this is something that we're going to do every week, at least through Moon Knight. We're going to test it out, but we want to do this for... Uh, Obi-Wan, we want to do this for the boys, we want to do this for Miss Marvel, we want to do this for Stranger Things if they drop their episodes on a week-to-week basis. Um, this is something that we're very much looking forward to. Yes, it's going to add a lot more to the workload, but it's something that we want to do for you guys. We want to stay relevant in the conversation. We want to talk about these shows, speculate with you guys. We want to let you guys know what we think about it as well and our thoughts. Um, So that is starting next week. Moon Knight series starts, so we will be starting that special spinoff 
additional episode series as well. What else are we going to be talking about next week, Brian? Next week, before we get into next week, there's one more announcement. Ah, yes. There's one more announcement. I almost forgot about, I can't believe I almost forgot about because the more prep and the more I think about it and the more we start to figure this out, the more excited I get for it. We are also going to start doing a new thing annually. Starting this year, we are going to be doing the 2022 first annual Avengers MCU draft. Uh, we are going to do this right around the time of the NFL draft. The idea behind this is to get a group of people together. Uh, I'm hoping a decent sized group and we are going to each draft an Avengers team based off of the current roster of the MCU. So where we're sitting right now in the MCU at that time, we'll have Moon Knight. We'll have all of the shows that we had and the characters from this past year. Unfortunately, we don't have characters like Tony Stark or Steve Rogers or Natasha Rovanoff, but there is still a massive amount of avengers teammates superhero mcu superheroes that you could draft to this avengers team the thought of it is let's say there's an avengers level threat that happens right now who would you draft as your avengers to save the world this is something that we're going to be doing we're going to be dropping that episode on april 29th right around the time of the nfl draft we're announcing this now because just like our Midwesterners read, we would like to have more than just Kyle and I draft Avengers. We want to have, like I said, a whole crew of people. So if you would like to take part in our Avengers 2022 MCU draft, please reach out to us. Let us know. The more the merrier for this. I'm so excited for it. We're in the process right now of getting the lineup of um, potential and possible candidates for this draft. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm super excited. Our guest here, Tater, if you'd like to participate in the draft, let us know. And listeners out there, if you would like to take part as well, please let us know where you can let us know. You can reach out to us via Twitter and Instagram at the Midwestern nerds. You can find us on Facebook at the Midwestern nerds podcast, or you can email us at Midwestern nerds at gmail.com. If you'd like to take part in the Avengers draft, if you would like to take part in our moon Knight Midwestern nerds reads episodes, if you would like to join us on the Midwestern nerds TV talks about some of these series, all of those places are the perfect places to reach out to us and let us know if you would like to be a part of this show in any of those ways. If you're wondering, we are spelled M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. If you'd like to find us on a different streamer than the one you're currently listening to us on, you can find us at Apple Podcasts, you can find us on Spotify, and anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find this show. Tater, thank you once again for joining us this week as we ranked our Batman movies. 
thank you for joining us last week for the batman talk it's been a lot of fun having you on the show and i can't wait to have you on again in the future this is always a blast man i'm grateful for the chance to be on it and for your midwesterners this week i have been brian stoffel and i've been kyle olson And our guest has been Tater. Oh, and I'm Tater. (laughs) (laughs) And whether it's beer, brats, comics, or bat puns.